Hi, and welcome to the Ben Men Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we also believe that everyone should know the next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. I'm Pops. I'm Dave. And I'm Bob. We've entitled this series, it's a two-part series, Why is Christmas Such a Big Deal? Mm. And so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I wish we were wearing elf hats right now, frankly. My gigantic nutcracker Kevin and Christmas tree aren't enough for you? Um, yeah, so if you are only listening to this and have not watched Batman on YouTube, you need to look this episode up on YouTube. We're just saying that right now. Yeah, that's good. Especially because you may not know we're actually three Siamese twins. Oh Born <laughs> 20 years join. apart in increments. That work when one of them is your dad. One of them is not aged so well. <laughs> That's so not you. Not okay. you. So this is a two-part, this is a two-episode series. So Dave, why don't you recap what we did in the first uh, episode? Sure. Bob introduced us to an acronym. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Spider, S-P-I-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. We got through S-P-I. So we're going to finish that D. Oh, gosh. D E R. Hello. Merry <laughs> no, he, Christmas. You can you, you would have made it great on the spelling oh, team. Oh man. Um I failed on potatoes. Fifth grade spelling. <laughs> but let's not let's not go there. Okay. So everyone last, remembers the word they missed. Always. P-O-T-A-T-O-S. No, there's an E. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mrs. Oscar, she was the best. Um so last episode we talked about Jesus' birth. Reflected yep. uh, we were particularly looking at two of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew and Luke. First chapter of both books, mm-hmm. looking at, you know, as we near Christmas, preparing our hearts to celebrate Christmas, we wanted to know and create a some level of contextualization for the supernatural events surrounding Christ's birth. But it starts with the miracle of the virgin conception, which, as Pops reminded us, happened about nine, ten months before his birth. So when we say vir- the virgin conception, we're referring to the miracle of God the Father sending the Holy Spirit to conceive Jesus in the womb of a virgin named Mary. And the word incarnation... Bob, this is your second chance. What does it mean? Do you mean to sing again? Like I did last episode. Incarnation is God becoming human. Love it. And then we'll save the song for the the end. Okay, great. Okay, cool. Yep, that's That's great. Bob, remind us again, if you would, of your mnemonic that tells us or reminds us why Christmas is such a big deal. Yeah, five reasons for why Christmas is such a big deal. Spider, like Dave said. Why spider? I don't know. Christmas spider. spider. I'm telling you, it'll catch on. The supernatural in the natural world, prophecy fulfilled, inauguration of God's plan, divine grace, eagerness of Mary and Joseph, and reliable historical documents. So we're going to have the last three today, starting with divine grace. Can I just take us there? Uh, yeah. I just want to remind folks that if they want to know about SPI, oh, yeah. go back to the last episode, take a look at that. And that's really worth listening to as we continue this. Go ahead with the D. Divine grace. Great. Divine grace. The virgin birth shows us divine grace. It Mm. just shows us the extent of God's love for us. Man, despite the fact that we are rebels, we are wrongdoers, we are broken and we love our brokenness and we don't love God. We don't love his ways. It says in Matthew 1, again, if you want to read this in your Bible, just go to the beginning of Matthew and the beginning of Luke. They're the ones that tell this, the um, conception and birth stories of Jesus. Matthew 121 says, that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. So the angel announces that he's going to do. So it was God's choice to rescue us from our sins that we have nothing to offer him in return. Mm. That is divine grace. Yes, yes. Um, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about the eagerness, the E, of Mary and Joseph? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty unexpected for this Okay, so let me just let me just step back, build some context. Yeah. 
you have a young couple, Mary, who would probably likely been years younger than Joseph, in a pretty stinking sticky situation. What mm-hmm. do I mean? You have an engaged couple, one who just got pregnant out of wedlock, so seemingly so. Joseph, absolutely, you look at um, Matthew one nineteen. it absolutely quietly could have put her away or divorced her, mm-hmm. if that's what he wanted to do. Um, but wildly enough, the birth narrative that we see in the Gospels is not that thing. It's them being so eager for the uh, incoming birth. So why? Why would these young bucks, these young kiddos, be <laughs> eager when everything in their sociocultural context would have been prepared to just slam them down? Well, mm-hmm. both had been visited by angels. Mm-hmm. The angel of the Lord had appeared to both and explained that this was going to be God's son, the Messiah, Emmanuel. This is who the Jews had been hoping for, looking for, waiting for, right? Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about prophecy in the last episode. And it's amazing to see that Mary humbly submitted yeah. to the Lord when it when it when it happened. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Maybe mm-hmm. may it be to me as you have said. Mm-hmm. And Joseph agreed to take Mary as his wife, even though he knew there would be future shame, reproach, consequences. All oh yeah. Because again, this never happened before. Mm-hmm. How do you suddenly go, uh, but but we did not know you know know each other or can see this child together mm-hmm. yeah okay you know mm-hmm. let's go ahead and do the last letter the r yeah. reliable historical documents yeah but i love the bible um and it's not just because it gives me fuzzy spiritual feelings yeah. Yeah. um and it's not just because it gives me like moral instruction what to do this don't do this um i, I love it because it's really true right i really believe it because it's really true yeah. Um, and the way these stories talk about Jesus's conception and his birth and the way it happens are no different. So once again, the New Testament shows that it's historically reliable. Here's just three observations. And you can tell me if these are satisfying or not. But at least when we look at these historic documents that were written down, um, here's maybe three pieces that would say, yeah, actually, these stories are pretty historically reliable that this happened. One is that these birth narratives, again, in Matthew and in Luke, they tell different but compatible stories. So just like two eyewitnesses in a court of law, right? If they'd made this up, you would have expected collusion. Right. Them to kind of, it kind of be cut, you know, copy paste, both of them saying the same thing. But they just knew like, hey, this is factual. We're recording truth. They didn't feel the need to harmonize their narratives. Yeah. Second, I mean, if I miss something, Dad Pops, you're welcome to jump in. Second one is that if the stories were made up, then there would be an exaggeration. Yeah. Right, all kinds of just even more bizarre, crazy things. But that's not the case. Matthew and Luke, it's really interesting when you read them, they actually show considerable, unlike us around this table, they show considerable restraint, right? Mm -hmm. There's not a bunch of exaggeration. They just kind of carefully document what happened at Jesus's birth without embellishment. So we can kind of make sure that Mary and Jesus's brothers also would have preserved the story from Jesus's birth yes. from distortion of any kind. They're yes. protecting it and saying, hey, no, 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 don't put extra stuff in here. Like, this is what really happened. Yeah. Last one I would say, why I think they're reliable, is that the early church fathers, mm-hmm. so the folks that lived the few decades after kind of the apostles and the disciples, the early church fathers, and we have their writings, like, they totally endorsed this as a well-accepted fact yeah. in the first century Christian tradition, Right. And I'm actually, maybe this is a fourth. I'm going to throw this in for extra credit here. Um, even Jesus' brother James. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Isn't there a book in the Bible of him? Yeah. The book of James. He believed 
that Jesus was really God, that yeah. this happened, right? And if he knew this was a lie, there's no way you would have been able to convince him his as brother. As much as I love you. Uh, <laughs> Thank well, you. No, if people right. were saying you were born of God, right. I'd be like, oh, but you don't know. There's That's no right. reason. Well, That's since right. you brought up James, earlier in the Gospels, James shows up and wants to bring him home because they think mm -hmm. he's crazy for yeah. making these complaints. Yep. And then all of a sudden we see that not only does he become a believer, yep. he becomes the leader in the Jerusalem church mm -hmm. yep. and is actually martyred That's what I was gonna say. for his beliefs. All yep. but Judas right? were martyrs, right? Yeah. Yep. It's like you don't die for something. Except for John. Except yeah. for John. Yeah, ahead, except for ahead. John. Yeah. So one of the other uh, questions that critics are going to ask you is, well, if this birth narrative is so important, why don't we see it in the other two Gospels? Oh, Dave, you well, when that. you line up the four Gospels, like Bob said, there is there's an understanding because these were all written contemporarily, and so much of this is obviously firsthand account and retelling. And you know, so there's an expectation that a lot of the virgin birth narrative was going to be common knowledge among the early Christians. So that's like saying, I don't know, during the Super Bowl season, you're going to go and recap everything about the history of football. So, no, people understand what football is. We're actually watching the game right now. You know, like mm -hmm. they knew this was part of the narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you look at Mark and John, they would, there would have been a certain underlying presumption that we already knew it. But mm -hmm. I'll take it even a step further. You read the gospel of John and then come back and tell me that it's right. even similarly formed as Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a, there's a reason it's my favorite gospel book, if you can have a favorite. Um, but it's far more, you know, ideological and philosophical in the beginning was the word and you're like oh wow yeah this is mirroring genesis so by that same token paul in first corinthians um in romans he just assumes the fact of the virgin conception and birth right which i by think... the way that he compares it to adam as the firstborn of god uh Anyway, anyway, yeah, I was just saying a quick shout out to our New Testament genres episode. If you haven't listened to or watched that, that's where we talk about some of the stuff about gospels mm -hmm. and how John's slightly different, and also the letters of Paul. Like, there's some that want to tell this part, some that just assume it yeah. very obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing, and we're going to do a whole episode on this, but how do we respond to somebody, Bob, that says, "Well, I got to tell you, I think the New Testament is just full of a bunch of myths." Yeah. Um, it's making me imagine you asking that question of like, what if they think it's a Christmas? Oh, Man. thanks for listening to the Binman podcast. Merry Christmas. Wow. Pick I'm up just... your uh, Christmas spider merch on binman.org. Guys, I'm just making this up right now as we go. Well, one thing I remember. From... Yeah, it's obvious, by the way. <laughs> I remember being in dad's projects class like 20 years ago when he taught it at the church. And I used to say this all the time in college and grad school and my working life. Legends by definition yeah. have criteria. That's right. To be a legend, you have, you to. have to have multiple, so at least two generations, and yep. you have to have isolation. Yeah. Yep. And neither of those represented in Mark and Luke. Yep. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. It's not, it just couldn't have been a legend in that, like, all of those things that you just said, like, it requires two things isolation and two generations so that there weren't eyewitnesses that could contradict and say, that didn't really happen. Right. Like, no, 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 these were, they were pretty, pretty soon right after. But then maybe a couple other pieces that I would say, this isn't a legend, this isn't a myth. One is that like the pre-Christian Jewish tradition, they never anticipated a virgin birth of the Messiah yeah. like this. Yeah. Like that wasn't what they expected. So like, why would you make that up of right. the story? And so that, wait, just so that listeners understand yeah. the New Testament is birthed in Judaism. Right, right. Okay, so right. it was Jews that were right. Except, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. right. And yeah. then and then the last one I was going to mention was like, there also aren't other myths that parallel the virgin birth. That's so right. like, even as you look at other myths, you're like, well, what about this? And what about this? Mm. Well, none of them are like that. So it doesn't look like anyone was looking at something and go, oh, we should mimic what happened in this religion and yeah. say it in this. So all of those stack up and I go, 
that's not really a good argument at all. No. There's not a lot of weight to say, oh, this was a myth. No. And if if, if our listeners that would be a want to take. know- A myth take. Wow. Uh, if anybody wants to know more about that, we're going to do a podcast on why the New Testament isn't filled with myth. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we got to get to the so what question. Let's crack on. All right. Dave. Dave, what are our takeaways from this episode? I'll say there's kind of two main buckets that I'm putting my takeaways in. Number one- this narrative is a huge deal because of how it shows us in such an exemplary form God's divine grace, just, I mean, in full display. Mm. By seeing the narrative of Mary, we're reminded of its um, pure gift qualities. Mm -hmm. We did not earn salvation. We didn't earn Christ. We didn't um, do anything to deserve it. It reminds us that this is supernatural. There's nothing we can physically do. There's not something we physically need a box to check in order to get from not too saved. Yeah. Um, and it also reminds us that God God was the initiator. He's the one who took the initiative. He's yeah. the one who sent mm. Emmanuel. Emmanuel willingly died on the cross and invites us in, you know, by creating a way to, for us to live with him eternally. The second bucket I would say is that the incarnation and virgin birth are actual facts and they're embedded not just in myth, but in starkly accurate, reliable, verifiable uh, documentation, the New Testament. And they can't be you know, just swept away. I mean, there's, there's, there's consequence, literary and historical, critical consequence by trying to do that. So looking at Christ, the perfect God, man, him as perfect mediator, this narrative, it really builds confidence in us, but it should remind us of the, the pure gift that this is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I, let me just add one other thing. I think I, I love what you said. Early Christians never doubted it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just part right. and parcel of what their early beliefs were. Right. Um, why don't you Give us a call to action. Yeah. What's your next step? Invite someone to Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, so it's coming. Um, and if you're a Christian, you know that Jesus is coming is a transformative reality, right? It's it's given you more grace than you could have possibly asked for and possibly deserve. And you had to take a first step when you became a Christian, right? It was listening to a friend or it was going to a church service or it was opening up your Bible. So this month, help someone take their first step or maybe their next step um, in their spiritual life by just inviting them to Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that may mean inviting them to your Christmas Eve service that might say, hey, let's have a conversation about Christmas. Or maybe that's just even having them come over to Christmas at your house, right? If you have a house or if your family's cool with it, um, because God wants to them to know that he loves them just as much as he loves you and that he's come for them as well. Let us know in the comments and socials how you invited them kind of into Christmas this year um, because we love hearing from you, whether it's on the comments or whether it's on socials or whether it's via Carrier Pigeon. Um, you guys are the best. Ooh, impressive. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dave. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bin Men Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we also believe that everyone should know the next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. Binman exists as a resource ministry dedicating to help you find your next step. Yeah, so please consider supporting the ministry over at binman.org, especially here end of year. We are putting forth some serious efforts and have a lot of very um, gracious people who are doing um, some pretty amazing stuff in the background anonymously to support this work to uh, bring the truth to young men and women's lives. Um, please head over to the website because that's where our blog's going to be, our show notes, even show notes for the bonus episode. Bow, 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 bow. I made the inside scoop in my inbox. So 
Now there is a Binman newsletter. So if you head to binman.org, that'll easily be the best mechanism, in my opinion, of staying up to date with news, the happenings, evolution of the ministry, ways that you can jump in as the ministry grows. Again, a lot of exciting things coming in the new year. So thankful for you spending your time. Please consider sharing this, especially this time of year, with people who might um, benefit from, from hearing this conversation. Best to you. We'll look forward to the next one. God bless.